backhanded by Quas. Throw home, Martier returns on the first double play, and the Terps get out of the inning. And Wade crushes one pretty deep to right. Going back is McCarthy near the wall, looking up, see ya! Off the scoreboard in right, Lamont Wade with a solo jack, and the Terps take a four to three lead. Papio takes his lead, Gallant to the stretch for the first time, and Martier crushes one deep to left center. Going back is the left fielder, Jordan, and he's gonna watch it go. Cue the fireworks, Martier goes yard, and the Terps cut it to three to two. Brandon Loud does a hook slide to score. Wade head first into second. Terrapins all over the turf. And Maryland has a 6-2 lead. Here's the 2-0. That one is crushed. Deep to left field. Stewart on his horse at the warning track. He jumps and that ball is gone. A two-run bomb from Jose Quas. And the Terps take a 2-1 lead on the number two team in the nation. Wade cracks one deep to right again. Going back with McCarthy near the wall, looking up. It's gone! Lamont Wade with a multi-home run game. He goes deep to right again, and it's 7-4 turns. And the Terps have tied the game. They have come back from five runs down here in the top of the seventh, and the Terrapin magic continues. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Maryland Baseball Podcast. I'm John Vitas, live from College Park as the Terps take two of three this weekend down in Mobile, Alabama. They played some stiff competition and came away with two victories, one of which against a ranked team in the Arkansas Razorbacks. They're ranked no more, but the Terrapins are. They actually moved up. Seven spots in the collegiate baseball rankings, up to number 20 in that poll. That was the lowest poll they were, the lowest ranking they had in any of the five major polls, but now they're up to number 20 there. Number 18 in the writer's poll, which is the official poll, and also up to number 12 in D1Baseball.com's top 25, which is the highest ranking for Maryland. So despite the loss to UCF, they remain ranked in all the relevant polls, and they had... Some pretty competitive games this weekend down in Alabama. One close one and two that weren't as close. They blew out South Alabama 8-0 on Friday. A dominant effort from ace Mike Shawarn to earn the win there and improve to 4-0. And then a couple of comebacks for Maryland in their latter two games of the weekend. They were down 7-2 against Central Florida in the eighth inning and lost 7-6. They had the bases loaded with two outs in the ninth. Unable to come through, but still a valiant comeback. And then on Sunday... Down 6-1 to one to SEC powerhouse Arkansas in the sixth inning. A nine-run frame. And then they just continued to pour it on after that. A 13-6 to six win for the Terps. And they had themselves a winning weekend. Two and one in the, in the South, Alabama, South Alabama Classic Tournament last weekend. So a solid weekend overall. Unfortunately, NBM wasn't there to bring the games to the Maryland fans. But... We will be there this weekend as the games against Appalachian State have been moved to Emerson, Georgia, Lake Point Stadium down there north of Atlanta, just a beautiful place for baseball. And we will be there to bring you all the broadcasts this weekend, as well as the scheduled game against VCU, which has been moved back a day. It was supposed to be tomorrow. It will now be played on Wednesday at 4 p.m., of course, barring uh, the snow melting at Shipley Field. A lot of snow this weekend, of course, if you were... Up in the area, you know the way the weather's been up here. So we'll see if that game happens on Wednesday, but it is scheduled to 
occur at 4 o'clock, and we will be, be there to bring you the broadcast of Maryland and VCU Wednesday as well as Maryland and Appalachian State all weekend starting at 6 o'clock on Friday from Georgia. So since we weren't there this weekend, not a ton of content to bring you as far as interviews and video and stuff like that tonight on the podcast. So we will cut right to the chase and bring in our player guest right away here tonight. And tonight it will be Nick Sieri, the Maryland slugger, is off to a great start, batting over 400 through the first six games as the DH and catcher. And now Nick joins us on the phone. Nick, can you hear us? Hey, Mr. Vitas. How's it going? How's it going? Uh, good weekend for you guys down there in uh, Alabama. And I have to say, listening to the UCF game on Saturday, it was kind of hard to hear the broadcast with all the snow plows going by outside here in Maryland. But it must have been nice being down there, huh? Yeah, I mean, the first night we played at night, it was still a little cold, but still way better. I think it was in, like, 40s, so still 40 degrees better than it was here. Uh, and then Saturday and Sunday were just beautiful. We actually got a little tan going, um, and it was hot. I mean, so it was good to be down there. Oh, sounds terrible. Too bad Too bad it was hot down there. But now it'll be uh, probably a little more mild in Georgia this weekend. I think it's supposed to be, like you said, in the 40s, how it was in Myrtle Beach and Friday down there. Anyway, Nick, great start to the season. Um, last year, you came in as a pretty highly regarded guy. Obviously, you were drafted out of high school and maybe didn't go how you wanted. Not a bad year, but around 250, no home runs for you. But this year, it's been a, uh, a much different story. What's been the difference for you going into this season uh, compared to last year? Because right now, you're the toughest out in the Maryland order. Um, I think just the learning experience from my freshman year, I learned a lot mate had a lot of adjustments to make going into college. I think there's there's a big jump from high school to college. Um, and then just the summer, taking the summer to kind of refine things and continue to work on my game and then carry that over to the fall and continue to work there. And I think it's all culminated uh, to right now. And it's been, a, it's been a great start so far. I'm hoping to keep it going. Yeah, you had a 5-RBA game against Canisius in the first weekend's uh, slate. And you told me after the game that the experience you had in the summer and the fall really – was a key factor in your success so far this year. What about the summer and the fall helped you out? Um, what kind of transitions do you have to make using the wood bat, which you do in the summer? Um, and do you think that's helped you with the metal bat now in the spring? Uh, I like using the wood. I think it, it, it's kind of more uh, pure hitting. You know, you kind of have to make sure your swing is, is actually good. Uh, and I think just like the atmosphere in the summer ball was a lot more relaxed, giving time to kind of step back and, and see what areas needed a lot of improvement. And I was able to uh, do that with a lot less stress than, like, in season. So I think I was able to get it down packed a little bit better than uh, the previous year. You said improvements. What kind of improvements do you think you've made um, since last year? Uh, I think just slowing the game down, uh, you know, staying relaxed is, is a big part of it. Um, I mean, I, I've, uh, I've worked on things mechanically, but I think just, like, just slowing the game down is probably the biggest thing. Now, you were a guy who was drafted out of high school by the uh, San Francisco Giants. You chose to come to College Park instead. Let us know what went into that decision. Why Maryland as opposed to a professional contract? Uh, you know, just to just to have that college experience was one factor. I mean, I really liked Maryland uh, from the get-go. It's a great school, uh, great baseball. Um, you know, so, so and going there and then, and then converting to catcher, uh, late in high school, like my senior year and then having coach Vaughn, who's a catching coach, uh, was a big factor 
just developing that, um, just playing the college baseball and having that experience was a, was a big thing for me. So you were a, a late-blooming catcher, I guess, is, um, to the position. It sounds like now at Maryland you're DHing a lot this year. You're also getting time behind the plate. You've taken reps at first base. What is your preference as far as where you want to be if it was all up to you? Um, and where are you as far as your progression of learning the catching position? Um, I'd say I don't really have a preference. I mean, hitting is definitely my favorite part of baseball. Uh, that's that's where I want to be. As long as I'm in the lineup and being able to contribute as best as I can, uh, I'm satisfied with that. Um, and I think with catching, I, I, thought, I thought I've progressed pretty well. Uh, I mean, there's always room for improvement. I have a lot to improve on um, if I want to continue to play this game. But I, I think that I've I've improved a decent amount since I started. Now, you're in a competition at those positions with a lot of different guys, guys like Justin Morris, uh, Smith, Bechtold, and, of course, Martyr, who's the starting catcher. Now, you guys are all great friends. It's a very close-knit team. But when you step between the lines in practice, is that something that you're all aware of that – hey, he's my friend, but I'm trying to take some playing time away from him if I can, or is that something that doesn't even cross your mind? No, it's not there at all. I mean, we're all working on the same things, trying to, to get better uh, as a team. You know, We're all focused on one goal as a team, and I think that really came together um, this weekend, uh, being down um, in some big games. So we were down big in UCF and South, or I mean Arkansas. Uh, and we were able to kind of come together and, and work our way back. Now, I know one guy you go pretty far back with is Mike Shawarin. You guys are um, in the same grade, both sophomores now, both from southern New Jersey. Just wanted to know, how far back do you guys actually go, and did the decision to come to Maryland as opposed to going to the pros, because Mike had a, a contract offer from Kansas City, was that a joint decision between the two of you, and how far back do you guys go as far as being friends and teammates? Uh... Uh, it, it, it was more like just senior year in high school. Uh, I kind of worked out in the same area he did with the same guys. Um, uh, we didn't. I was kind of put to talk to him for uh, through like my summer coach, kind of talked to him, uh, and then we became friends. And then uh, from there, kind of took off. I ended up playing summer ball with him. Uh, the summer before college, and then we didn't really talk about our um, decisions. Mine wasn't really a big decision. It was kind of an easy choice to go to Maryland with the situation. I think his was similar because uh, we were later rounds. I think we were actually in the same round, uh, and I think I mean we never really consulted each other. But, uh, we were still good friends at the time, playing summer ball, and then it's kind of it's grown even more since we've been at Maryland. Now, I know you guys apparently are both big Batman fans. Now, is this something that – are there action figures and posters in your room, or is this just more of a casual thing? Uh, no, it's just a kind of a casual thing. Uh, I think the Bat Batman um, movies are probably one of my favorite movies to watch. Uh, we're both into that new series, Gotham, uh, which is based on Batman. I know Mike has a pair of Batman socks that he likes to wear around. Um, but other than that, that's kind of it. Now, you're going to be on a 10-hour bus ride to Georgia this weekend. What is the, the music of choice or the movie of choice or the, the Netflix of choice on the bus ride down? Um, I don't I don't really... I mean, I don't play a factor into the movies, but uh, a movie that's usually played is things like uh, Wedding Crackers or Hangover. You know, it's probably some comedy movies that kind of lighten up the mood for a very long bus ride. That kind of gets a little dreary at times. Um, music, uh, is, I, I just kind of just plug it in and go, whatever's on. 
uh, hip hop, uh, stuff like that. Nothing like I'm not like set in stone. Now, before we delve into some more loose questions, last serious one, real quick. When you see, when you watch Major League Baseball, is there any player in in the major leagues that you kind of see yourself as being similar to if you were to get there one day? Um, I've always kind of well. Now being a catcher, I think I've kind of tried to look at myself as being one of those uh, better hitting catchers that can also play defense. That's also very reliable on defense. That's kind of what I had, uh, want to achieve. I don't think I'm there yet, but I think that's where I want to go. I want to continue to work on both aspects. I don't want to be uh, heavy on one side. I, I kind of want to be balanced and be able to go both ways, offense and defense. And so like catchers like that, I mean, Matt Wiedis is a pretty good catcher. Uh, I mean, there's just a bunch of catchers like that throughout the league that can that can swing it a little bit and also very good on defense. I like that Weeders comparison. I didn't think about that one, but that's a pretty good one. He's really come a long way with his bat. Now, back to some of the easier questions. I was asked to ask you this one from one of your teammates. Who is your favorite and least favorite favorite trivia crack opponent? Now, this is becoming a big craze right now, and if you want to lose in trivia crack, feel free to play me. But who do you who do you like to play the most and who are you most scared of when it comes to that game? Um who do I like to play the most? I probably like to play Mike the most because I always beat Mike. Um, but I probably don't like to play his girlfriend, Emily, because it's always those two against me. I don't get any help. Or my girlfriend. She's usually pretty good, too. Those two. It's usually Emily and Mike versus me, and I always lose, kind of. And then my girlfriend is pretty smart, so she's beating me, which I don't like that much. <laughs> well, uh, you got plenty of time to uh, to get a rematch on her. Now, Kevin Smith asked us to ask you that question. He thought he was pretty stout when it came to the trivia crack. <laughs> he was our guest last weekend, but apparently not as smart as your girlfriend. Now, next question. If you were stuck on an island, an abandoned island with one teammate, and you had to try to survive and, and entertain yourself, who would you want to be stuck with? Besides, We'll go besides Mike Shawarin. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Brandon Lyle. Uh, you know, he's, he's kind of, he's got, he's kind of funny, you know, he's keep it entertaining. I mean, he's, he's a pretty smart guy. I think he's a little crafty, crafty little guy who knows his way, who will probably be pretty decent at surviving. Uh, I mean, I think he's got a few tricks up his sleeve. He'd be able to hang in there. Okay. That's a good one. Now, last question. We asked Mike this question two weeks ago and we learned all about his, uh, his instrument playing ability. What's one thing that people don't know about Nick Sieri that they might be surprised to find out? Um, one thing that's surprising, um, I I don't know. I mean, I, I really like dogs. I like dogs a lot. I have a dog at home. Uh, when I'm older, I definitely want to have dogs, a lot of dogs. I'm a big dog kind of person, not a little dog. I don't like little dogs at all. So big, big ones. Dogs. Yeah. All right, well, we'll take it, Nick. We certainly appreciate the time tonight, and, of course, we wish you the best this weekend uh, down in Georgia and VCU Wednesday if that game happens. Mm -hmm. All right, thanks, bud. Yeah, thank you for having me. So that was Maryland slugger Nick Sieri joining us on the phone tonight. But don't go anywhere. The show is just beginning. We're going to take a quick break here on the Maryland Baseball Network. But when we come back, we'll talk to Testudo Times' Andrew Kramer, who was down in Alabama this week watching the Maryland Terrapins. And 
writing about their games this weekend. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes with Andrew Kramer, who will give his insight on what happened down with those games and what he expects from the Terps throughout the remainder of the season. So don't go anywhere here on the Maryland Baseball Podcast. We'll be back in a minute. John Venus, welcoming you back live to episode three of the Maryland Baseball Podcast. And we got to hear from Nick Sieri in our first segment. And now in our second segment, we're going to welcome in Testito Times' Andrew Kramer, who was down in Alabama covering Maryland this weekend and got to see those two wins from the Terrapins. And Andrew, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Sure. Glad to be here. Now, we heard you had some travel problems getting home last night. How are you doing with that? And how's, uh, how's the sleep going for you today? Well, you know, with uh, the weather and everything, my flight out of Mobile uh, into Charlotte uh, was going to be so late that I'd miss my connection. So I had to stay overnight in Mobile, which is not the worst thing in the world, believe me. Yeah, at least um, at least from but, a weather perspective. Yeah, exactly. Now, you got to see uh, a whole bunch of things this weekend. Two big comebacks, which we mentioned earlier in the uh, the podcast, a four-run comeback against UCF that fell just about one base short on Saturday, and then a five-run comeback that really was a nine-run comeback. Maryland put up nine runs in the sixth and then ended up winning by a lot against an Arkansas team. What is it about this Terps team? Because you were down there to witness those comebacks. What is it about them that makes them so resilient? Well, I think they believe in themselves. And it starts at the top, Coach Chef, all the way down for all the players. Um, they just don't feel that they're out of it. They feel they can compete with anybody. And even when down by a fairly large deficit, which they found themselves against UCF and Arkansas, they, they feel 
but they can come back, and so they don't give up. Yeah, that was something that was evident in the postseason run last year, and now it's really carried over to this season. And, of course, that's such a good sign when you talk about um, just a tough college baseball team that wants to win in big games, and they were able to do that on Sunday. But not only did the Terps play well and put together a couple massive innings, Arkansas kind of opened the door for them, too. Five errors in that game from the Razorbacks. The Terps have not committed an error now in six games, which is a major storyline so far this year. Would you say that Sunday turnaround was more Maryland um, kind of firing on all cylinders, or was it more Arkansas really giving it away? Well, no, it, it was really both. Our, I mean, it started off when, when Jose Cross hit what I thought was pretty routine grounder to the shortstop, cleanly fielded it, and then threw it over the first baseman's head. Um, you know, that, that kind of got things going. And then um, there were some, some shoddy throws by the pitcher um, at the time for um, – Arkansas, but uh, Maryland hitters came through. I mean, they, they were presented with an opportunity, and they took advantage of it and uh, and poured it on. So it was it was both. But um, I, I don't want to diminish Maryland's comeback at all by saying it's Arkansas's fielding. It, it was really both hitting and fielding. Yeah, I think four uh, out of, four out of the five errors I think were throwing errors. McAfee, the shortstop who you mentioned, kind of had a case of the yips that day. He got a couple throwing errors. Now. Maryland actually rose in the polls this weekend. They moved up um, in four out of the five, or actually three out of the four polls. The, the coaches' poll still has not been updated. But they rose in three polls after losing a game. Of course, the big win against Arkansas really helps. But were you surprised at all to see Maryland moving up despite the loss this weekend? Because the South Alabama game, I think um, Maryland was expected to win, but they went one and one against teams that were ranked lower than them. Are you surprised at all to see Maryland moving up? No, because most of the baseball polls value winning a series. And while it was three different teams, it was still a three-game set. And, um, you know, it's, it's unrealistic to expect even the best teams in, in the country to uh, win a three-game set every weekend. So what you're looking for is a team to, to come out, you know, ahead two games of one. Um, and hopefully some of the weekends, three three nothing, but... Um, no, I mean, uh, for example, Vanderbilt um, um, took two or three in, in two weekends, and they still remain number one, I think, in one of the polls and didn't drop very far in the other. So, uh, no, I wasn't surprised. I was, I was, you know, Maryland had some good competition this weekend to take two out of three. I think sort of certified them as legitimate, you know, a team to, to, to watch out for. Uh, Maryland's had a couple guys who have really came out of the gates hot. One of them's Lamont Wade, who's driven in a ton of runs already this year. And the other one is the guy we heard from in our first segment tonight, Nick Sieri. What did you get out of our interview with Nick today? Because he was on with us for a while. Um, and what is it about his game that has really played that has really played a major factor for the Terps this year? Well, his hitting is, has jumped up considerably from, from his freshman year. Uh, where he had some cons where he hit the ball really well, but overall, I think he had a year that you know may not have been up to his uh, expectations. Well, this year he's coming strong out of the gate. Uh, he's had four multi-hit games uh, out of six games. That's really impressive. Um, from his interview, you know, he's, he he sounds like the quintessential turf, a team player, someone who is is not thinking about. Um, necessarily themselves as much as, as the team, and, and that was evident from Nick's talk. And now let's talk strategy for a minute. Maryland did come away with the two wins, but there were some negatives this weekend, and that's something I want to talk about. 
the starting pitching on Saturday and Sunday was a little bit suspect. I believe the starters gave up 13 runs over seven innings, if I'm not mistaken, in those two games um, over the weekend, Taylor Styles and Brian Schaefer. Now, the reason they're in the weekend rotation, other than the fact that they're excellent pitchers, is that they throw strikes, and the coaching staff loves that, and that's why they're in the weekend rotation. Now, if I put on my analyst hat real quick, one thing I noticed from at least Schaefer on Sunday is that once the Arkansas Razorbacks started putting together those series of hits, Schaefer just continued to come back and just fire strikes. Now, the strike throwing is a great thing, of course, but to me, they're throwing too many strikes, which is something that I don't think people usually talk about. Usually they say the more strikes, the better, but it seems like Styles and Schaefer might be throwing too many strikes, and in Schaefer's case, I would like to see him slow the game down a little bit, especially when things start to go against him. What were your observations of those two? Because they have some pretty high expectations, and there's some pretty talented pitchers that Maryland is going to rely on. What do you think happened with those two um, this weekend? Is it a similar problem, or is it something different for each of those guys? Well, it, uh, in terms of Schaefer, um, you know, he he hung a number of sliders uh, in that that one inning where um, I think he's um, Arkansas, Arkansas scored nothing with four runs. Um, and you know, you, you, you're right. You'd like to see maybe him um, throw a couple of pitches just off the zone, have the hitters um, swing it at pitches that are they're not meaty. Um, and that's really, you know, it's just, it's, he's a freshman. It's his first start uh, against a, a previously ranked team. Um, there had to be, you know, some nerves also. So um, I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, he didn't walk a batter. Um, and, um, you know, there'll be lessons learned from that game, and I think he'll be really good going forward. Um, Styles just ran up against, I think, a, a really hot team. I think UCF now is um, seven and zero in the season, and um, they've they've crushed the ball against a lot of a lot of pitchers, and um, um, you know it was, it was just not the right time to to come up with maybe his B game versus a team that was playing on A plus. So I think that was that was the only problem there. Yeah, the schedule really only gets easier for Maryland from here. They really face some of their toughest opponents in the first two weekends. Just to, fit, to put a bow on that discussion there, the final line for Styles and Schaefer this weekend, seven innings pitched, 16 hits, 11 earned runs. Um, so, again, not a problem throwing strikes, but they did get knocked around. Again, some very tough lineups uh, this weekend. Now, as far as uh, moving forward now with the weekend rotation and, of course, all the other roles, which are starting to be established on this pitching staff, would you, as a member of the media who's following this team closely, would you rather see them kind of continue to shuffle the rotation and see who steps up and puts, um, puts themselves in a position to maintain the role? Or would you rather them stay consistent and then roll Shawar and Styles and Schaefer out there again this weekend against Appalachian State? Are you a fan of the shuffling, or would you rather just kind of have them stick to their guns and stay consistent? Well, I'd rather there be some consistency. I think last year there was a problem uh, with Sunday starters, and they tried a number of people and uh, with very little success until finally Jake Joss stepped up and he pitched very well. Um I, so I'd, I'd like to keep the rotation as is, possibly with maybe inserting Droster if one of if the Styles or uh, Schaefer um, don't uh, pan out over the long haul. Bruce is, is so important in long relief and in short relief too, but 
he plays such an important role. I, I'd hate to tinker with that. I, I think I like him where he's at right now. Yeah, Ruz has definitely proven to be uh, very effective in that long relief role, and I think um, Coach Bellinger does like keeping him in that role because if he's not starting, you can use him more than once per week, and you can use him in the situations um, that Coach Bellinger sees most fit for Bobby to succeed. So I would expect him to stay right where he is, but there are plenty of options for the weekend rotation between Jake Drosner and um, Zach Morris, Willie Rios, guys that have starting experience and throw hard. Um, so there's a lot of decisions to be made there, but we'll see what they come out with this weekend. Now, last question, Andrew, real quick. Big game tomorrow night. I know you follow Maryland basketball as well. Home against Wisconsin, possibly the biggest game in College Park in five, six years. Who you got tomorrow, and, and how does Maryland pull that, that game out if they, if they can? Well, I, I hate to say this, but, I, I, you know, Wisconsin looks really, really good. I mean, they're a solid team. They lead the country offensive efficiency. Uh, they got Frank Kaminsky, and, and you know, Maryland's going to have to find a way to stop him. Um, they're going to have any hope of winning. Uh, they're also going to have to have a, a really high um, percentage of three-point uh, shots that they, can, that they make in order to, uh, to hang with Wisconsin. Uh, it's possible, but I hate to say it, but I think, you know, Wisconsin's going to come out with a victory. Well, hopefully the Terps can prove you wrong, but I do like the point on Kaminsky. I mentioned it earlier in the year, even before Big Ten play started, that if there's one guy that Maryland just can't match up against, it's Kaminsky. I think we might see Lehman guarding him a good amount in that game just because there's nobody else with the athleticism at that height to defend him. But I think your point is well taken on the three-pointers as well. Maryland's going to have to hit those. And no Trayvon Jackson for Wisconsin. That helps, but it's going to be a tough game tomorrow night. But the Xfinity Center will certainly be rocking. But, Andrew, thanks for all the uh, time tonight. It was great to get your insight because you were down in Alabama, and, of course, we weren't, so some good stuff there. And uh, we'll be happy to talk to you throughout the remainder of the season. Thanks for joining us tonight. Sure, John. Cue up the great work over at NBN. We'll certainly do our best. So that was Testito Times' Andrew Kramer. And that'll just about do it for our show tonight. We'll keep it a little bit shorter than usual. Uh, with the two guests tonight, we want to thank Nick Sieri for joining us and, of course, Mr. Kramer as well. You can catch his work on testudotimes.com. Just one of the best sites for Maryland sports, all Maryland sports. They really do a great job with the non-revenue sports, um, covering them on a game-to-game -game basis, not just baseball, but the lacrosse teams and, and all the other sports at Maryland. So testudotimes.com for Andrew, and of course, MarylandBaseballNetwork.com for us. A few posts went up today about the rankings as well as the site for this upcoming weekend's games against Appalachian State. They're a pretty strong mid-major team, but no one that the Terps should be overly challenged with, so the Terps have three wins in mind heading down to Georgia. And, of course, the VCU game still on for Wednesday at 4 p.m. You can hear all of those games right here on the Maryland Baseball Network beginning about 30 minutes before first pitch. We'll have a full pregame show on tap for you for all four of those games. I want to thank you for listening to the Maryland Baseball Podcast tonight. I'm your host, John Venus, and be happy to wish you a very good week. And, of course, tune into the basketball game tomorrow. It should be a classic.